Welcome everybody to The Outside Edge, a podcast for extreme athletes, from extreme athletes, and everything else in between. I'm your host, Dave Briscoe. Joined by my technical wizard, Mikey Lee. Hello, everyone. How are you? We're on camera, Mike. Are we? We got people in the background. We got dogs barking. Everybody's so freaking excited. I don't know if this is actually working or not, but uh, supposedly we're live on the uh, Facebook page. This is something new that we're trying for the first time. Uh, My computer's not liking it at all, but according to this, uh, we're live. We're going to give it a shot. I mean, (laughs) sitting right next to me, as you can see, my son, my uh, co-host, Chad Briscoe. What's up, guys? We're going to need some Chad music. We're going to need some 420 Chad music. <laughs> right. Yeah. Don't, Bob Marley, Don't Worry, or something like that. I don't know. Uh, a lot of people are probably wondering who that beautiful face is they see. Yeah, on the we screen. should probably tell them, huh? Yeah. So this guy right here, wow. What, I, I don't know. What, what do you say about him? What an intro. He, one of the best gymnasts ever to live in the Midwest. He can do, he can, this freaking guy can walk up a set of stairs or down a set of stairs on his hands. He uh, has been known to compete on the Pro Tour. He's been known to get into finals. He's been known to chase down Muscovy Ducks with a rake. Ladies and gentlemen, Dante DeGanji. What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me. What's up, Dante? You're looking good, kid. How you doing, coach? You look good. Yeah, thank you, brother. Trying to suck it in right now on the camera, but uh, what do you you think of the beard on the kid? Yeah. Man, I love the beard. I'm a big fan of the beard. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah you you ready for the good. draft tonight? Are you going to be watching the draft tonight? Absolutely. Well, hold on. Are you guys all, I mean, are you guys suddenly like huge Tampa Bay fans? You're now? damn you smoking. No. I mean, yes oh, and no. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> complete the whole trifecta and get Antonio Brown. But we don't got to talk about that right now. But <laughs> yes, I'm pumped. Pumped for the draft. I'm a big Bears fan, so I'm used to being humiliated pretty often. But uh, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to see anything live on yeah, TV yeah. besides the news. I know it. I know it. It is cool to have all these players in our backyard now in Tampa. So I definitely want to go to a couple games. Dude, that's amazing. I mean, I can't believe that. It's it's almost like it was a plan. Never would have saw long. that coming. Never would have saw it coming. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I don't know. I hope, I mean, I can't wait to watch. I think it's going to be sweet. Yeah, That's going to be, be cool. really cool. But. So let's get into it, Dante. Let's let's tell the audience a little bit first on, on the year that you first came down and why you came down to train to be a, a, a pro wakeboarder rider. Yeah, well, um, like, like Dave mentioned, I was a gymnast in uh, high school for four years and uh, I loved, I loved acrobat, you know, acrobatics and I, I love water sports. I grew up, uh, up here in Wisconsin, water skiing, barefooting. I didn't really start wakeboarding until like the end of high school. And I was pretty limited on what I could do because I didn't want to get hurt for gymnastics. Gymnastics was my, my thing. Um, but I started wakeboarding, um, after my senior year and that first summer, I just fell in love with it. And, um, I went down to see Dave actually after my first semester in college and I was just miserable at school and uh, I flew down to train with Dave, never met the guy before (laughs) and um, I I rode with him for like three or four days and uh, I had a really good trip. I actually, he taught me a whirlybird in like I think two or three tries and that was like, that was the last thing I did before I got uh, back on the plane and went home to snowy Chicago and I got off the plane and my sister and my dad picked me up at O'Hare 
and uh, I got it. I didn't even have myself fully in the car before. Um, my sister was actually like, "So you're dropping out of college, aren't you?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, I want to be a pro wakeboarder. I'm gonna." Go I'm for in. It. I'm all they in. Pumped. Yeah, they were happy for me. They were like, my dad especially was like, "Yeah, just do it. If you're gonna do it, you might as well just go for it." So um, I started. I started uh, working construction with my dad, and I stopped school. And I was saving everything that I made over the summer months. So then that following winter was the first time that I actually went down and uh, lived with Dave and started training. And I just, I mean, we just got to work. Well, yeah, we got to work. We got to work yeah. hard right away because we, I think you yeah. came down. Uh, what month was it that you came down? Was so it the no first time I ever came down was December Oh my gosh! I think it was 2010. So, and that you were training for the tour that no, year? No, 2009. 2009. It was December of 2009. Okay. And I was just like, I didn't know, like, I didn't know at the time I wanted to be a pro wakeboarder. I just knew that, like, I hated school, and I felt like, you know, I was a gymnast, and I had a really successful high school gymnastics career. And I remember just sitting in a dorm room at college, just feeling like a miserable waste of talent. Like I was just miserable. I was like, I think I was getting depressed. I lost like 15 pounds. And that's like 15, you yeah, didn't have 15 pounds to lose at the time. No, no. So it was bad. So, you know, I was like, all I remember is I remember I was like drawing pictures in my notebook of like boats and like <laughs> wakeboarding stuff. And I was looking at videos of like Sean Murray doing Rayleigh's and like, I hope I can do a Rayleigh one day and like all this stuff. And like, I just missed it. I missed the water. It's like, it's my first love. I mean, it's yeah. hunting as you can see hunting and, and wakeboarding water. It's just like, my my jam that's what right i love on. so december uh christmas break we got me a plane ticket and i went down and i just that was it that was the start and i was hooked yeah and we so the pro tour was start did, were we training for you for the pro tour for that first year no so that first year yeah i i went down that december and then i, I came home and it was just like let's just kind of see where things are you told me though right when i got there yeah. i think second or third day that I was there, you told me, you're like, you could be a pro. Like, okay. and I could, I could bring you there. And to me, you know, I didn't know, I just grew up in the Midwest. I wasn't like this big wakeboarder. Like I didn't, I didn't which know. I don't throw so, that out easy, especially for gymnasts, because no. I always had a hard time with gymnasts, that transformation yeah. of pushing off something solid and then trying to learn how to push off a wake was two completely yeah. different things. Well, that, and you can remember you and I went to war over the handle. Cause I would just go up in the air and, whatever i didn't worry about the handle i do the trick but the handle was like over there right so that was always my big deal but um that first summer um i just did some i think i did some like men's one contests um but it was pretty much just trying to learn as much as i can here and then that next following summer or that next following winter i moved down with you and then i moved i moved in with john mahan and uh then it was like training every day. Yeah, yeah. Every day, like that was my whole thing. I, I worked all summer and fall to raise money, so I could, you know, pay for coaching and gas. And then that that falling, so that was 2010. That year, that summer, sure, and winter. So 2011 would have been my first. I think my first year on the tour. Yep. I yeah. So and I I think we still have some photos of you on the starting dock and down oh, there yeah. with you because you were one of the last guys I coached I think that year 
who else was I? Did I have on tour that year? I guess Zane was still probably competing a little bit. Yeah, I mean, um, you had a lot of guys. You had Henshaw. Kevin Henshaw, which I remember. Yeah. Um, I mean, who haven't you coached? Yeah, there's, you know, been, like there's been, every, a, been a list. I, most guys that, most guys that were there are either still there or you know they were on top. So, right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was. You know, I remember it was it was work. I mean, it's fun. It's wakeboarding. So talk about like, the work a little bit. Talk about what made the difference of getting you from a recreational rider to a pro rider and what that difference was and uh, you know whether it was the physical or the mentality or both sure well i think one thing that's important to touch on um with any athlete and a lot of people make this mistake um because they want their kids to do well but i mean dave you helped me do so many different things i mean you in so many aspects of just competitive wakeboarding or any kind of competition you have you know your skills and then how to apply your skills at the right time, how to like turn it on. And you did both. So you taught me how to wakeboard. You taught me how to like gain tricks that I could land consistently. But then you taught me how to compete. Um, you taught me how to put those tricks in a run and land them no matter what, like headwind, tailwind, crosswind, yeah. white caps, glass, like right. rollers. And, and like that was, that was the work aspect. And I think, the difference between being a recreational wakeboarder and being a, a professional wakeboarder was I didn't have my dad coaching me, saying, okay, let's get out and do this. It was like my dad was my dad. Dave was my coach. Sure. That's what put me to the next level. And, and, and you having your credentials, you know, I could be here wakeboarding with my friends and they could like call me a wimp because I'm not trying something or I look scared. If Dave Briscoe says anything along his vocabulary of you're being a coward, uh, for me, it flipped a switch. I mean, you could just about tell me anything. Anybody on the street could tell me anything and it wouldn't really have much of an effect. But if, if Dave Briscoe called me a coward, I was like, oh boy, I better, I better sack up because uh, we can't have any of that. So I think... I think having you um, push me, but having the the amount of respect that I had for you and your credentials. I mean, you're you know, you're Dave Briscoe. I remember the first time I was having dinner at your house. You came out. I was eating spaghetti, and I had like five pounds of spaghetti in front of me, and like all your friends and family were there. And this was like my first trip ever, and um, we were all eating, and it was almost like everybody there knew that you were going to do this, but I didn't. And I was just imagine. eating and you just got up from your table and you went in your bedroom and you brought out like X games, bibs, master champion plaques, and like X games, medals and all these things. And I'm just sitting there. I don't even know what that is. Like, you know, we're like three days into this thing and I'm like, wow, this is crazy. And I look at you and you're like, you like put your finger in my face. You're like, you could do all that if you wanted to. And so I was like immediately having someone with credentials like you, um, it was humbling, but it was alarming at the same time. And it was like, okay, this guy actually believes in me. Maybe I need to believe in myself. And even right. if I'm not feeling awesome, this guy sees something in me. So it's worth me just continuing to go down this road. Even right. though and you know, I think that's easy. part of it. And now, now you're a coach as well and you train people yeah. and I'm sure you use some of this, but what I always tried to All do is if, if I could gain your confidence, like if I give you something to do and you have success with it, now you've got a chance to do something because you have constant success. I mean, if I'm telling you to do tricks that are 
out of your reach at that time. Like the first year you came down, you learned a whirly bird. I have yeah. so many people that come that want to learn mobs and Rayleigh's and everything else. I'm like, well, hold on. We got to get the building blocks for that. So, and if I did that, if I dove into teaching you the tricks that were too hard, too early, you wouldn't have had success. You would have got beat up. No. You would have had frustration and then it's over. So it was gaining that trust. And yeah, I mean, we had a hell of a run. We probably had a five year run. Yep. Yeah. And I think like what you said about, you know, the building blocks, like, you know, when I started, I'm like, yeah, I do a tantrum. And like, I cut into <laughs> a wicked tantrum. And then you're like, do a switch toe side wake jump. Right. And I just like, <laughs> yeah, like what? <laughs> wasn't even close. Like, wasn't even close. So, I mean, I think it was, you know, and I, and I'm somebody who responds well to this. If you think like you're the man and then you go out with Briscoe and he's like, oh, let me guess, like you can do a tantrum and a back roll and everyone on your home lake thinks you're like a stud and you're not. Um, it, you know, rings a few bells and it's kind of like it immediately puts you in your place. And it, for me, it just made me want to work more. Sure. And you had the perfect balance and you always talk about this, but you had the perfect balance of sometimes you needed to hug me and sometimes you needed to just push me and swear at me and cuss at me and make me feel stupid and small. Sure. sure. And it was mostly the second stuff. Yeah. Um, but at the right times, a little bit of, Hey, you know, you're doing good. Keep going, you know, because yeah. I mean, there was times where I was just like, well, you're trying to compete with the best in the world. You're not competing to be the best on your lake anymore. Or the best in your town. Right. You're trying to compete to be the best in the world. And yeah. you know, you, you got to see how tough your, how thick your skin is first of all. And, and how much can you take? I mean, the, 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 the uh -huh. easiest way to become a pro athlete is all you have to do is beat humans and humans yeah. are pussies half the time. You know, it's yeah, hard to get them to, I mean, you look at guys like Rusty Melanovsky. Now, if somebody else is training three times a day, he's going four. If they're yeah. doing four sets of 10, he's doing five sets of 10, you know, or whatever yeah. it is. And it doesn't matter the sport. It doesn't matter any of it. But if you don't have the drive to do more than the other guys that are competing as the best, then you're never going to be the best. Yeah. And I think a lot of that, you kind of turn into a bit of a glutton and, and, you know, certain guys are wired up differently, but I was, you know, like I said, I didn't start wakeboarding really until after high school. So sure. I was just, I was bred and I was a walk on gymnast in high school. Yeah. So I, I was, it was the same thing, but in a different way. Like I was training against guys in high school that had been doing gymnastics since they were like three. Sure. And I, I didn't do gymnastics when I was young. I started when I was in high school. So then I finally caught all these guys. And I was like, good when I was a senior. And then I switched sports and I go back, you know, to the bottom, yeah. even lower yeah. than when I started. Right. And it, it was motivating. I mean, it was like, I got to catch these guys. And I, it was just, I think a part of it was like, I'd land a new trick with you and it'd be like, sick. I land a new trick. We got to work on something else now. Right. Exactly. You know, and it, you're very like, you have to be kind of gluttonous and that, that was that was a, a really effective method, I think, that you pushed through me that helped me just continue to climb and climb and climb. I was just never really happy. Right on, right on. Yeah, so. Let's get in front of some of the funny stuff that happened down there, too. Like, um, uh, you got to tell them the Muscovy story. That was hysterical. I mean, there's so. <laughs> there's which, tons of them. Which you start wherever you want. You start wherever you want. I mean, so I grew up hunting, and I love. I love hunting and eating wild game. 
And once Dave let me know that it was okay <laughs> to shoot, <laughs> to shoot, he comes home with these subsonic two, 22 rounds in his yeah, rifle. 22 shorts. We, yeah, cause it, a little bit quiet. <laughs> and uh, there's these giant, ugly ducks swimming around all so the, the time. So the Muscovy duck. Let me explain the Muscovy duck to the audience. The Muscovy it looks like a duck. Dalmatian. It's an yeah, it does right. It's an invasive species that is from China. And they're all over the U.S. It's, it's that duck that has that ugly red thing over its head. And it almost looks like a cross between like a rooster and a duck. And a, they're hideous. But they're yeah. huge birds. They're like 10-pound birds, the males. And all these birds will climb up on my hot tub, which I have at the end of my dock. Now, if you get, you know, six, seven birds on there, that's 70 pounds. And it was breaking the foam in my hot tub. So I do some research, and there's no hunting season on these ducks. It's wide open. And they're breeding with mallards and screwing up the whole ecosystem. So they're live game. So I tell Dante, Problem. the hunter, hey, Dante, guess what? These babies are live game. Absolutely. So, I mean, I remember a few times, one time in particular, they would swim in front of Dave's pier, and he has this beautiful platform above his pier, and uh, there was some coming. And I didn't have time to get a gun because the gun was all the way up at the house, but Dave had a rake out by his fire pit, and I jumped on top of his pier platform <laughs> And I opened the gate. I opened the gate. <laughs> and I got a running start. I got a running start and jumped off the top of it. And I just landed. I mean, I sprawled out and I just got the teeth of the rake on this thing. <laughs> and we got in one shot. And we, you know, we, we breasted and ate it right there. It was awesome. <laughs> but I mean, that was one of many, man. That, that was, uh, those things were great. I wish we had those. Oh, they're tasty. They're t like if you go to a Chinese restaurant or and you get like duck l'orange or like a really fancy duck or like a Thai food, nine times out of ten it's Muscovy duck. And when you breast oh, yeah. them things, the breast meat in them is like like a friggin' filet mignon. They're yeah, it's they're, they're actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah. No, we had a lot of fun. I one of my favorite things about riding with you was after I you know I selfishly say this, but I kind of got in with your friends and I was. I became kind of like one of you guys. So yeah. I was hanging out with all of you guys and I felt like a local. So yeah. whenever you had a new student come in, <laughs> it was awesome. And so I remember because you got to abuse them the way I abused you. Yeah, 100 <laughs> percent. So first of all, first of all, this is really good. My one of my friends I grew up with, um, she's got a new boyfriend. He's a really nice guy. Never. I thought I'd never met him before. He's from Janesville and he's on the, what's their ski team? The Aqua Jays. Yeah. Aqua Jays. Yeah. The Janesville Jets, maybe. Uh, it's uh, not the Aquanauts, is it? Aqu no, the Aquanauts Aqu are in Twin Lakes. Uh, Twin Lakes. Yeah. The Aqu I think, I think it's Aqua Jays. I think so. He's, yeah. he's good show skier. Really good. They, he's on national team. Yeah. Um, he does a lot of jump, but he told me, he told his girlfriend who I'm friends with that he came to our house and had dinner with us one night and they left and he's like, I swear I know that guy from somewhere. Talking about me. He's like, I swear yeah. I know that guy from somewhere. And it turns out he's like, oh my gosh, I wakeboarded for like two or three days with Dave Briscoe and Dante <laughs> was living down there. Dante was living down there and he goes, all I remember is Dante and Dave wouldn't stop making fun of me because I was wakeboarding in the long like ski barefoot suit. Right, that, like goes down to like your shins, and like that's the only memory of all three days. He's like, he said, I remember Dante was going really big, and Dave and Dante wouldn't stop making fun of me, and I felt terrible because like that's I don't I don't think I would, but I mean I guess 
you know, I probably would, but, um, <laughs> but what I wanted to tell you was you had a guy come in from, I think he was from Brooklyn. He was huge. Okay. He was just like, like a muscle bound like, guy. Yeah. Okay. He was like, I don't know. He was like 28, 29 years old. He was a monster. I mean, yeah. just jacked huge guy. And it was me, you, and I think Jimmy Franson was there. Oh, Jimmy Franson. Jeez. And, and, uh, <laughs> and we were, this guy was going to go first. Okay. And you were asking him, it was like, it was like April and he hadn't wakeboarded since like, you know, August. Okay. Yeah. So he's and, way and, out of shape. And he's like, yeah, I can do some inverts. <laughs> and, and, uh, you're like, well, let's just get out there and let's just, let's just see what you got. This guy gets up, cuts out, and you look at me and you go, as he's getting in, you go, like a cat flying out of an apartment window. As he hits the lip, he carves it so hard, hits the lip, over-rotates a tantrum, throws the handle, just like this, back edge, slam, okay? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like 10 feet past the other wake, okay? Right. So... So we're we like, had a big wake then too. Like the wake yeah, on that super yeah. was huge. Yeah, it was awesome. So that was his first hit. That's didn't funny. even do like a wake jump. So we're like we're like laughing pretty good. And then you're like, let's see a toe side back roll. Cuts in as hard as he can, <laughs> over rotates it flat to his back, and like you like left him in the water because we were all dying laughing. Dude. It was so. So good, and he he only did like two more hits, and then he was done. He was oh. done for his set. Oh, that's hysterical. it was awesome, man. You know, I I, the other thing I want to talk about is so you also trained a bit with, which was one of my students as well, was Trevor Hansen, and oh, yeah. um, and you went up there with uh, with both of them, and uh, I want you to tell a story about the football stuff that you guys did. Like you did some crazy football catches, yeah. and uh, with um, with the Hansen boys. Re- yeah, with Reed. So, with Reed, Reed, yeah. So, what? Another thing that I love about Dave is you so uh, shamelessly just pushed me in front of people. I remember there was like the new model for the Supra SA five fifty. Oh yeah. Not, like there wasn't there wasn't even a logo on the thing yet, and you're like, yeah, they're gonna do a uh, a they're gonna go out and try this boat out on Minnehaha where Trevor Hansen lives. Yep. And you're like, I'm bringing you. I'm like, oh, man. So I go there, and I remember I met Trevor, and I met Reed, and they were both kind of looking at me like, who is this? Why is he here? I'm not a super rider. I'm like this just Grom new guy, you know. But I went out, and I uh, I rode with all you guys. Yeah, well, that's what, uh, that's, you know, that's what guys did to me, and that's how I got into it. And, you know, you, yeah. you, you learn something. Where, where do you think the sport's going now? Like, what, what do you think – Gut feeling right now. I mean, you were in a perfect time because it's really kind of declined as far as TV stuff, but now you've got your social media push and people are getting exposed that way. You were kind of right in that big transition of social media carrying you through. Where do you think yeah. the sport's going? Um, just, I mean, well, you know, unfortunately, you know, Reed, Reed's, he, he and I hit it off. He ended up being the best man at my wedding. Like I'm, I'm really good friends with Reed. Yeah. But um, wake skating's like, there's no tour for it anymore. There's right. no like contest. I mean, there's a few that they originated themselves, but like, you know, it's sad to see that because those guys are so, so talented. All of them, they're just right. so talented. So it really is a lost art. I mean, I'm a I'm a purist. So and I, I know this is gonna offend people, but I mean, whatever. <laughs> uh, 
I mean, it's going wake surfing's direction. And that's, yeah. you know, I think like, you know, I died for wakeboarding, man. Like mm -hmm. I went out and did a 313 when it was like 40 degrees out because you made me. So you take that compared to like wake surfing, you know, and kids and kids now that live around here that like live on Lake Geneva and their parents buy them a $200,000 wakeboarding boat and they tell me that they wait, they go out at 5 a.m. to catch glass so they to can go wake surfing. surfing like, yeah, it's ridiculous. What yeah. in the world are you talking about? But it's about cyclical. It'll, it'll come back. I, I have no doubt. Like Chad and I, you know what we've been doing lately? Disking. We've been on the freaking disc behind a pontoon boat and we're having a ball. Fun. We're climbing the ladder and, you know, we're going to try and kill a Muscovy this weekend off the disc. Yes. That's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. That's it'll, 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 it's cyclical and it'll come back and it, it'll, hope, it'll cycle through. I hope wakeboarding hangs on. I mean, you look at some of these guys and the work that they've put in they, yeah, and just where they're at, like the things that they're doing, like what, like what Mike Dowdy can do on a wakeboard is unreal. Yeah. And like, I would hate to see that. Like, I, I, again, I'm biased. Like I think somebody, I think a guy on a wakeboard going out and landing a pro tour run today, I think it's more impressive than most professional sports. Yeah, then and, definitely. You know, All the doubles and the nines and the tens, and it's, it's ridiculous. This style, like, how come, like, oh, you can take almost any pro wakeboarder and, like, put him on a baseball field, and he can play baseball? Right. Well, you take a baseball player and put him on a wakeboard, and they... Yeah, it's like Bambi know, they're, out, they're of gonna the, be lost. out of the shoot. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's obviously a, a completely different skill set, and it's not fair to compare them, but it feels like it's dying, but I hope that wakeboarding hangs on i hope wake i hope wake skating makes a comeback i know slalom skiing is making a comeback yeah barefooting yeah. is making a comeback people yeah. are into like you know getting back to it so right. i right. Th i think you know i would hope all i can say is i hope that it continues to grow right because, on right yeah on. i love it and well, that, hey. that was cool like that's what was exciting about like reed and i so we started this little joke called hands team because what happened one day is i came down because after I left the pro tour, I missed wakeboarding so much. So I would, um, I was really close with Reed. So I'd you'd buy a plane ticket, fly down for like three or four days and go wakeboarding with him. And one day there was a, a lake wind advisory. It was so windy that we ended up just doing stuff in his uh, backyard on a trampoline and a football. And we were just doing all these crazy things. And then one day we had Reed stand on the end of a dock and then he was going to throw me a football and I was going to try to catch it. It took us 75 tries. And then and you nailed I'm, seven, it. I'm like the 74th one. I had a GoPro strapped to my chest and he hit me in the chest. The GoPro popped off <laughs> and it sunk to the bottom of the lake. And the lake was like 12 feet deep and we were just all distraught. It was a brand new GoPro and I was like, this sucks. There's no way. We tried to find it for like 10 minutes and I went down. I took like one last breath. I went down, somehow found it, came up with it. Wow. We were all ecstatic. The, next, the, the exact next attempt we caught it. You caught it, made, it and you got the video. Catch. So we were screwing around and I went home, I took the footage and I edited it and I posted it. And I remember it was a Friday night and I posted it at like, I don't know, like three in the afternoon right and on. by like, by like four o'clock, four thirty, I had messages from Bleacher Report, ESPN, SportsCenter, Fox, Isn't that and crazy? they all had posted it. And it completely blew up. It was on the Weather Channel. It was all yeah. over the place. That was like, uh, it was so cool because, like, I know. Listen, no disrespect to anybody at all, but like, 
I couldn't believe that I was one of the only wakeboarders on ESPN. Right, right. <laughs> it was I know screwing it. around. Yeah. You know, See, like, you're going to bring it, it back. Awesome. You're going to bring it, it all was, back. It was so cool. But listen, we're going to have to get you. We're going to get you back on. We're going to wrap oh, this I episode, but we are going to get you back on for another episode. Um, how do people get, if they want to train with you, tell, tell everybody how they can find you and how yeah, they I can train with you. you. Dave. He's out. He's gone. He can't hear us. Well, he's still there. We can see him. We're going to put your plug up. We're going to put your plug up on how we're talking funny shit about you now. We're going to put a plug up on how people can find you in Chicago. And we're going to wrap this one up. So, Chad, you didn't get the two words in edgewise that time. Everybody go to Patreon. Two bucks. I know you got your Trump checks. Yeah. So you can afford it. Patreon.com forward slash the outside edge. And please keep liking us on Facebook. Keep uh, promoting us, and we will keep this ball rolling. And we'll get Dante back on for some more stuff. Thanks, everybody. On behalf of Mike Lee, I'm Dave Briscoe, Chad Briscoe. Thanks for listening to The Outside Edge.